Oh, Folding Fitted Sheets, where we talk about all of the wrinkles and creases of parenting. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Jen. How are you today? I'm exhausted, to be honest. Are you? Yeah. I mentioned that to you earlier. I'm just kind of like done. I don't want to adult anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. When the kids were younger, I would set like little goals, like brushing my teeth and getting deodorant on. Yeah. I'm like... I did those things today. That's kind of where I would like to be at. Right. I think. I'm tired of dealing with all the shit. There's all the things. Always something. Interesting. There's never a boring week. Rarely no. even a boring day. I want to say I'm bored. That's the goal. That is my goal right now. <laughs> yeah. Is to say, gosh, I wish I had something to do. Yeah, or something to deal with. It's more the deal. Like, I don't want to deal with anything else. Really? You know, it's interesting. I think that I was considerably more productive when I was feeling overwhelmed. Really? Yeah. With the kids being in things and traveling uh, every single day somewhere Mm. or being on a schedule every single day to go do things meant that I had limited time to do other things. Right. And so I had to be very proactive or things didn't get done. So meal planning, for example, or meal prepping, I guess even more so, is a big one. So now it's like three o'clock. I'm like, ooh, I don't know what we're having for supper tonight. And then the kids come home from school. They're starving, of course. And they'll have their pre-supper supper. And I still have to come up with a plan for supper but because I wasn't under pressure to get it started it sort of didn't really right occur to me that it was something I should be doing yeah I don't mind the busy busy's fine it's just what I'm it's negative crap like it's just problem solving gotcha I'm tired of being in a constant state of problem solving and worry yeah that's fair you know I want someone else to do that for me for a while. Yeah. I know we've joked before about like sister wives. Yeah. But the reality of having two women taking charge of things while you have somebody else bringing home the money and the, you know, the support, the other things that spouses do sort of is appealing. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. Just some other like mom roommates even. Who get it? Oh, I saw a post not that long ago. There was somebody local who was a single parent and she was looking for another single parent roommate. I think I saw that too. And I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. Why pay two separate households or two separate rents, two separate mortgages, whatever, when you can collaborate, pool your money? I mean, not, you know, all of it. No. Right. But pool groceries or yes and pool chores and childcare because that's a huge piece of it as well yeah no i i i think that's a and i don't want to sound like i'm not dumping on my husband whatsoever because he's he's probably as overwhelmed and like anxiety filled and worried about various things as much as i am but yeah it's just i don't know i think i'm still the first one to think of all the things yes I think maybe we're a little proactive more proactive about things yeah and like that thinking ahead yeah like maybe I should be more in the moment I don't a lovely thought I always equate it to when it's bedtime and my husband can lay down and be asleep in three and a half minutes like fully 
asleep. Yeah. That's not a thing I can do. That's amazing to me. It really is. And I think they definitely have figured something out in that they can just let things go. They're not worried about tomorrow. They're like, this is the moment where I need to recover. I need to rest. I need to let my brain reset and I can deal with the things tomorrow. It's funny. That reminded me of, so when my daughter was young, she used to get sick. It took a while to figure out what was going on. Nothing like ended up being serious, but she would get sick every five to six weeks. And I didn't deal with that very well. <laughs> so I took the kid's temperature like a hundred times a day, not even an exaggeration. And my husband would say, worrying about it isn't going to stop it from happening. Right. And I knew this, but something in my brain does not allow me, like the logic part fights the emotional part. No, that's And fair. generally... The emotional part wins. Yeah. Where I'm like, I know. I know that taking her temperature 100 times a day isn't going to stop it from actually being a fever one of these times. And I know mm-hmm. it's going to happen again. Yeah. So it was, it does take away, it's a joy sucker for sure. Worry yeah. and anxiety. Yeah. And I don't know, leads into my topic I thought we could talk about today. Um, Before we talk about the topic. Yeah. So we have a Facebook page. For oh my podcast. god yes i forgot about this <laughs> and we received a message and as far as i can tell the message uh was sent not by somebody who follows us no. or or has listened or has listened. <laughs> no i think you're right about that and it was simply a video mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh to a youtube video on the most watched how to fold a fitting sheet video yeah and i laughed and I started to write a reply and I thought no I can't write that and then I erased it and I wrote uh back just saying like you know thank you we don't really talk about how to fold a fitting sheet it's a metaphor but she really kind of proved the point right is that well here's the answer here's how you parent here's how you deal with a tantrum here's how you deal with bedtime you do this yeah here's and your how problem you fold. is solved yeah fold a fitted sheet fold a fitted sheet oh for fuck's sakes oh for fuck's sakes is right yeah i know i saw that <laughs> and i'm like oh my god this lady from australia just sent us yes a video on how to fold a fitted sheet and with I no think, no words no, no context no not just the video no like, <laughs> so you obviously haven't listened and that's i mean fair if you're going off of just the topic or the title uh yes yeah. sorry if you're going off just the title yeah i guess <laughs> i know it was pretty funny like, that's our first piece of like mail <laughs> yay <laughs> Are we celebrating that? Yes, I think so. You'll always remember your first. More exciting had she actually listened. Yeah, and sent it like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's... With a comment. Right, and maybe that was her intention. It just sort of Mm. missed the target ever so slightly. I think my response was wonderful. That's good. And kind. And I'm glad you responded. Well, I mean, how can you not? I know. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. All my problems are solved. All my problems are I'll solved. I'll just watch this one minute video. Mm-hmm. Ta-da. And the conditions are perfect. The sheet is already started to be. It looked like a very iron sheet too. Yes. I'm like that. My sheet doesn't look like that when it comes out of the dryer. Do you iron your sheets? I don't fucking iron anything. 
when my poor daughter was like, nah, I guess she wasn't that old. She was about four. Yeah. And I pulled out the iron. <laughs> and she goes, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's an iron. You're not going to see this very often. I wonder if that's a thing that people still do, iron their sheets. Like, we've come a long way. I have an aunt who loves ironing. She actually does it for, like, relaxation. Like, oh. it's her sort of activity that she does. Yeah. So she probably does iron her sheets. Well. Maybe. But if that's something you actually enjoy. Well, and I think it might be slightly generational too because sure. sheets aren't the same materials no. that they were. We don't hang our things on lines yeah. to dry. True. Or the ringer washer and the... The ringer washer. Yes, yeah. exactly. People are like, what? Yeah. Um, what are you talking about? And I mean, yes, it might sit in the dryer for a little while, but you just turn the sucker back on and poof, your wrinkles are mostly gone, right? And also I find too, when you're pulling a sheet out, like when you're making your bed and you're pulling it taut, it pulls the wrinkles out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole ironing thing. I think it's generational. Maybe it's not. I don't, uh, maybe it's just too highbrow for us. Probably. (laughs) That's actually very likely. I don't know. I don't know, but mm-hmm. yes. So anyways, what uh, topic do you want to peruse today? Well, just thinking about differences in people. Um, I thought we could talk about temperament. Temperament. Mm-hmm. That's a big topic. It is. Kind of found the categories that you and I have used in our workshop. Yeah. This is a topic that we have talked about a lot and we talk about with parents because it really helps. If you kind of dig into your temperament and your partner's temperament and your children's temperament it can really build a lot of self-awareness okay um it will not solve all your problems right but just putting in that self-awareness piece right can help explain things and then it changes your perception a little bit it can anyway where you're like okay there's not a problem with me per se or a problem with my child or a problem with my partner it's this is how they perceive things is how they react to things. So it just kind of puts a different lens to it where you're not maybe feeling so reactive or right. Cause it gives a bit of an explanation at least. Well, and I would dare to say (laughs) seeing things from trying to see things from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Is only ever going to yield good results for sure. Yeah. Unless they're a complete ass hat. (laughs) Unless they're a complete ass ass. Yeah. And then, You're you know, dumb. you can't argue with stupid. So. But yes. Going back to. <laughs> no, it's true. You can see things from someone else's perspective. It's going to help sort of. Hopefully you guys can come to a conclusion or a solution to a problem or you can react differently, right? Yeah. Well, and I think too, just coming back to, again, now we're talking proactively again. If you know what the person's temperament yeah. is, you can avoid creating conflict more so. Right. Yeah. And you're not ever going to change someone's temperament, but you can change your reaction to it. Right. And as soon as you change your behavior, yes that's automatically going to change the way they react yeah well and isn't that sort of the thing so people are like well i i have this problem with my child this is the problem and i don't like this i don't like it when they're doing this or i can't get them to participate the way that i want them to and 99 percent of the time it comes down to the way the parent is interacting with the child so there's that reaction oh for sure yeah 
for sure. Yeah. Also, when you're looking at it, it really sheds some light on to maybe why one of your kids drives you more crazy than the other or, right. and then maybe why that child gets along better with your parenting partner, right? Right. Yeah. Because they may either share a similar temperament or in certain categories, and we'll get into some of the categories too, they may be complete opposites. So sometimes opposites work right. wonderfully yeah. and sometimes similarities. It's right. kind of the, the more, I don't know just easier yeah 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 and that could be situational as well Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah so okay do you want to go into some of the categories that's a great place to start all right so i did find one because i know we use you you would be able to find some online where they've got like three or four different types we tended to use one that had it's like got 10 different categories but i think they all have merit and i think they can all you know create potential problems sometimes too when they're either the same or different so the first one is just mood so kind of what your overall mood is are you generally a positive person do you jump to worst case scenario all the time right um a a little maybe more negative what's that yeah a fatalist yeah fatalist uh intensity this is a big one is that the second one well, it's the second one I'm reading about. I don't know that I'm going in any particular yeah, order. Yeah, no. Okay, so mood. Yeah. So, so where would you put yourself? Oh, me for mood? Yeah. Oh. In general. I would say in general, I'm a positive person. Like I'm yeah. pretty solution focused. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I figure if there's a problem, there's generally going to be a solution. Okay. So yeah, I'm generally in a good mood, I would say. Yeah. Today may be being exception. That's fair. And I think that's a valid point. Yeah. It's going what to about you? Today. I would say, yeah, I would say I'm probably pretty far over on the positive, yeah, happy side. And yes, I think that there will be a solution. I, I'm, I may be overly optimistic a lot of the times. Yeah, see, I'm more, that's the thing too, when we talk about these, there's a continuum, right? Mm-hmm. So for mood, for example, we've got like extremely grumpy, negative, and then the far, the other side would be like super happy all the time and right. optimistic about everything. And you can always fall somewhere in the middle as well. Right. I would say I'm closer to the middle than you are. Yeah. Uh, if we're looking at the two of us. But yeah, I still lean more toward, I think, the yeah. positive side of things and happy generally most of the time. So, but that's the thing, like when we are talking about these. So if you are listening, maybe think of it, think of yourself and think of your parenting partner um, maybe also think of the child who drives you the most crazy right? Um, and see if you can place them on the continuum in each of these characteristics because right. it can sort of give you some information that might help. Okay, so mood was number one. What is the next one? The second one is intensity. Intensity. So does your child show happiness or frustration strongly and dramatically or does your child express those feelings mildly? Uh, so do you have a zero to 60 in two seconds huh. and you're like i don't know what happened because he or she was fine a second ago right um yeah did they bump something and now the world is ending and their legs gonna fall off and i need you to cast this <laughs> right and this is this one's a little bit tricky though too because i would say that i get excited happy much quicker than i get sad angry oh so my intensity for like exciting happy air quote Mm -hmm. things is 
much likely to be higher than my intensity for an air quote negative experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. This one's harder for me to put a finger on. Yeah. I've never been a drama queen for sure. Like I'm pretty level headed, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little too logical sometimes. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we work well. You're a little more grounded than I am. <laughs> I think everything's possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I've ever been super intense. I can get, I have blown my top before. Oh, sure. Yeah. For sure. But I would say that I'm more likely to be like, yeah. I, I'm not generally overreactive. No. But I'm more likely to be reactive to a happy thing right. than I am to a negative thing. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Um, the third one mm-hmm. is activity level. <laughs> so thinking of this one's hard. If you are a parent listening and you have a toddler, for example. Right. They don't have long attention spans. So I know you and I have encountered parents who have labeled or decided their child has ADHD. Yes. And they're two. Yes. And it's like, well... Let's give that some more time. Like just because they can't sit and read a book right now. Yes. Does it not mean they have ADHD? So you do have to take development into consideration. Absolutely. Um, and kind of their their age as well. But activity level. So do, does your child prefer more, you know, sedentary, quiet activities? Or do they like the whole gross motor physical play? Right. Climbing, running, jumping. Yeah. That kind of thing. Is it hard for them to kind of sit and read a book for very long? Or I think I'm I think I that's maybe where part of my problem is for stress right now too is I am an active person and I haven't been ah uh, yes so it's like I've been going against my Your natural su- right yes what I'm supposed to be doing but yeah so I think generally I'm I'm supposed to be active so I think right now I'm feeling it that whole like stress piece and mm-hmm. because I'm kind of going against what I'm naturally I like being active. I don't like just sitting on my ass all the time. Yeah. I think I've been doing a little too much ass sitting. But I think as a child, though, if I was to compare me and my brother, I know my mom could sit me down somewhere and I would play with a toy, whereas my brother was all over the place. So So I'm definitely too sedentary right now, though, than I should be. Situational, again. Than I like to be. Yeah. What about you? I think as a... Well, even now, I think I I prefer to be moving. I hugely lack motivation to move sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if it's motivation. The will. The The will will. will to live. Well, no, I have the will to live. (laughs) I just... Live quietly. Don't know if I have the will. And the thing is, is that as soon as I do get up and go for a hike or for a bike ride, not right now, obviously. Right. I feel good. I know. And I'm like, why aren't I doing this more often? It's so annoying. It really is quite frustrating. Yeah. Same with me. I'll go for a long walk. I'm like, man, I should do this more. And it's like, well, then do it. Yeah. Dummy. Self-sabotage is for real. The third one is regularity. In your bowel movements. Well, actually, you say that jokingly, but that is a... Oh. Like, there are some kids who will, like, poop at the same time every day. I think there's some adults like that, too. I think that's... Typical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think as an adult, when you start to get into a regular routine, <laughs> and as a kid, if you have a regular routine, I mean, that's you know, to me. 
yeah short of you know but that's not just what we're talking about sort of um (laughs) does your child this is this is all using children as examples but you can translate it to adults so does your child eat and sleep at predictable times obviously parents generally set the routine but yes Still, do they like to eat and sleep at predictable times? Might yes. be a better way of wording it. Or are they are they unpredictable? Do they like that routine? Right. Okay. That's kind of that one. That one to me goes into adaptability. Right. So how well does your child change? Go with the flow. Go with the flow versus no. I yeah. do not sleep outside of my bed. I must right. be at home in my bed at this time or I will not be going to sleep. Right. Or can they be the kid who's sleeping in a pile of coats at a party <laughs> that one do you have your hand in the air for that one yep been there done no that. <laughs> you were the oh no i am like i'm not that adaptable when it comes to for sure sleeping because i'm such a shitty sleeper yeah and i have one child who is deaf well we'll get into our children in a second and i'm gonna use they pronouns because if either of them listen i don't want them i don't want to identify talking about them themselves yeah <laughs> I want to be talking about them without talking about them. Fair enough. Yeah. Are you adaptable, Jen? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. New situations? No, I hate new situations. <laughs> okay, well, that goes in with adaptability. Okay, wait a second. I don't mind if something changes while we're in the middle of doing it. Right. I do not like driving somewhere new for the first time and not knowing where I'm going. Right. So, no. I don't want to walk into a room where I'm not sure if I'm going to know anybody, but if I'm already in that room and I know people and the plan was to yell surprise at 6.15 and we don't get to do it until 6.45, I'm fine with that. You're not going to have a fit. No. I'm just kidding. No, because that that uh, just builds it up more. It's more exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I apologize because I think I kind of dove into another one, but I think the new situation thing. So the the next one is approach or withdrawal. So this is how easily do you approach new situations or people Uh. or does your child or yourself seem to hold back when faced with new situations, people or things? Yes. That's you. So you would be more on the one side of the continuum where it's like, yeah, more to withdrawal than jump in with both feet. Unless there's children around. Right. And then there's an automatic comfort level. I feel like I know my place. Right. I feel like I will not have a problem making conversation or just, you know, ingratiating myself in whatever, whatever is happening. Yeah. And I think we're both maybe too similar in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Networking is not something we are very good (laughs) at. Not our forte. I feel though that when we do get there, to me, it's the, um, Mm -hmm. it's the word I'm looking for. The bef- like the apprehension beforehand. What the yeah. hell is that called? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, y- yes, but is there a specific word for it? Yeah. Anticipatory. Oh, the anticipation. That's the word. <laughs> the word of the day is the anticipatory. Day as anticipatory. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's the anticipation part. Right. And then once I get there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. Yeah. Or this is really terrible. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I... Yes, I would wholly agree with that. And for the most part, I mean, if I'm going to see people that I know, it's generally not necessarily that way. No. But it is a new situation. But then once I'm there, I'm on. Right. And then I'm done and I'm exhausted for a day and a half because Mm -hmm. I just, it takes so much out of me. True. Yeah. Very, very true. All right. The next one is distractibility. (laughs) 
And you and I are both also very highly distractible. <laughs> we really shouldn't be working together. Um, the great news is, is that we have no opinions that are so on opposite ends of the spectrum. No, we don't. <clears throat> we tried to find some. I know. We tried to find a topic that we disagreed upon. Yeah. But there so isn't So far one. we have not. But we are both very distractible. Which I think has worked out for us in many ways. Because yeah. we're not li- we're not linear thinkers, we're not linear thinkers, and we aren't afraid. I think we're both very adaptable, like that you said. Yeah, like approach is very different, but I think we're both extremely adaptable, actually. Whereas, like, if something's not working, we're like, yeah. okay, let's try something else. Yes, let's figure it out. Yeah, so that really works, and obviously that can work in a home when you have children. The distractibility <laughs> for me, I find to be a problem because if. I'm doing a task that a I don't particularly enjoy. I will <laughs> find another task to do. Yes. Or we have so many ideas. Yes. Then it's, it's like, how do you actually finish one to completion? Yes. Yeah. Focus. But focus is not the same as distractibility. I don't think. Well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't want to put them in the same. Yeah, no, I think they can. Then it makes it seem like we're not like maybe we're flighty, but we're not flighty. No, we're not flighty. The problem is we have too many ideas. Right. And then it's it's like I said, how do we implement said ideas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, and then we get distracted by something else. Yeah. And I've been like that my whole life for sure. Like I would go to the beach and the possibilities of things that could happen Mm. that I could do were so overwhelming that I couldn't really get satisfied or feel like I had successfully had a moment of happiness because it was like, well, I've got to float on the air mattress and I've got to build a sandcastle and I have to dig a hole and I have to see if I can create a moat and I have to do this and I have to do that. Like there was, it was very difficult to, to feel joy because it was like I had all these things that I really wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like that. That happens in my brain constantly yeah I've gotten worse as I got older (laughs) with a lot of things I don't know if I've gotten worse I've gotten more aware of it I think so I make a concerted effort to be in a moment yeah I I can tell you for a fact neither neither parent would have described me as a child as being distracted or just easily distracted no that was not me growing up until I maybe it was puberty maybe it was once I was a teenager I think that's kind of where it happened. Oh yeah, yeah, I can zone out in any situation yeah. because I've got many other things to yeah. think about. Yeah. No, I definitely have more. I I think that's where my focus issues sort of started, perhaps. Hmm. All right, the next one because I do want to start to talk about like children and how this pertains to people. But it's not just about us. It's not just about us. Okay. The world does not revolve around us. Hmm. Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, persistence. Ah. So does your child react strongly when told no to something? Oh, I can relate to this one. Does your child have a hard time letting ideas go? Mm. Or does your child seem to give up without trying their hardest? Right. So you can see that one's a big double-edged sword. Yeah. Because you want a persistent child. Right. But holy shit, are they annoying sometimes. Yeah, because you cannot move them off the distracting them from their focus is so difficult and then they become verbal and they negotiate right. yes till yes. you're they're blue in the face and you're red in the face <laughs> yes what did i miss I oh no sensitivity idea. i kind of skipped because they broke it up into two emotional sensitivity and sensory sensitivity 
So I wonder if you ever have a child who is, yeah, I guess that would make sense. If you have one who's emotionally sensitive, but not mm-hmm. sensory sensitive. Yeah. Vice versa. Um, Cause at first I was thinking, well, those kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Sometimes they probably do. So emotional is, does your child react strongly to his own or others feelings and emotions? Interesting. That would be like an empath, a child who starts crying when they hear somebody else. And crying. then the, yeah. Yeah. Or does your child seem unaware of how he or others are feeling? Mm-hmm. And then sensory sensitivity is, does your child react positively or negatively to sounds, tastes, textures, mm-hmm. smells, etc.? I would say I'm more on the sensitive side for emotional. And as I've gotten older, considerably more sensitive on the sensory side. Interesting. Yeah. So you weren't as a kid sensory no. sensitive? No problems. And now certain sounds smells yeah you know we're joking around at the beginning like doing asmr and i just Mm. like was smacking my lips and i made myself feel gross yeah 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 i I was curious as to why you were doing that because i know that was a sound you actually hate yeah licking or eating people eating and chewing yeah now i just want to do that yeah for you in the microphone (laughs) i won't Um, I was very, I'm a bit better sensory wise, but I've told you that a million times. I know when I was a kid, we couldn't go to certain restaurants right? or it was really a treat to take to someone's house who has cooked supper and I'm gagging because I can't stand the smell. Yeah. And then I would whisper as children are so good at whispering. Whispering. Yeah. Mom, this smells gross. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) What a horrible... The parents didn't get invited out much, I imagine. Yeah, probably not. Or it's like, leave the kid at home. Leave yeah. your youngest at home. She's special. <laughs> I am still smell sensitive, but not as bad. And emotional sensitivity. Hmm. I feel like I've, I've gotten more. I think just having kids had a react. Like, I think that affected me as well. I'm not as sensitive as other people in my life, I would say. Mm. but no I for sure have moved more toward but I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself high on the emotional sensitivity continuum either so when you're ha- when you have kids if you have kind of thought in your head as we went through some of these to place them on you can kind of see where conflict would naturally arise yes so the first one that pops into my mind is is well we already kind of touched on that persistence one mm-hmm. because you don't want a child who's gonna just give up Right. And be like, no, I can't do it. And then they quit. You want them to have that persistence. Or yeah. if they do really feel strongly about something. Yeah. When it matters, right? Like when, when it matters to you. When it, you know, they're out in the world. Yes. And they, you know, have a great belief system and values and whatever. You want them to fight for those and to, to persist and, and argue if need be. But at home, mm-hmm. when you're trying to enforce limits and boundaries. Yes. And you have a child who thinks your limits and boundaries are bullshit. Right. Yeah. It's exhausting. It very much is because persistence is a trait that is great for adults. Yeah. And like you said, you want them to have that. And as kids, think about in school, right? When things are tough or a new sport or activity they're trying. Yeah. And they're not going to be good at it right away. And they're like, no, I give up. Yeah. Like, math is too hard spelling's too hard yeah yeah i didn't win at the game of football yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's i yeah that's that's fair and i i per- think i prefer maybe to use the word resiliency 
not in place mm. of persistent, but just sort of as a, an explainer. So a kid who is resilient will fall off of his bike when he's learning how to ride it and get back up and do it again mm-hmm. and get back up and do it again and get back up and do it again. But they're not getting frustrated by it. They're not like they might be getting frustrated, but they're not having emotional outbursts. They're not slamming their bike down. They're not, you know, disparaging on themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you use the word persistent sort of in, can have a little bit more of a negative connotation like so yeah this kid is really persistent like he will not give up and he's out there and he's yelling at his bike and he's kicking it but then he's getting back on and still trying again so it's it's interesting how it can be it's the same thing yeah it's exactly the same because you're allowed to get frustrated but if you keep trying yeah i mean that's that's key yeah and then there's persistent where you have an opinion Mm -hmm. and you can have that opinion and you can stick to your own opinion and then somebody else has a different opinion and you have to, in, you know, assert your opinion as the right opinion. And that's persistence as well. It is. I think that's like lack of flexibility, though. That kind of ties into that one as well. Yeah. Well, right. and that's that yeah, lower level of empathy. Yeah. I think there's other yeah. things in play there, yeah. personally. Yeah. So I definitely have um, one persistent, one more persistent child than the other. Than the other. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which can cause issues (laughs) yeah quality of mood is a big one too and I struggle with this one because I hate when I do tend to jump sometimes to worst case scenario if like there's a possibility one of my kids could get hurt I'm like well they're gonna die like it's (laughs) 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 but I really try not to be a worst case scenario person right. all the time. Like I really try to look at like, okay, what are the possibilities versus mm-hmm. like, what are mm-hmm. the, and again, I think I do struggle with that because I do again, have a child who is like definitely worst case scenario all the time. And right. That one's really hard. So this is the mood one that we're talking about? The, yeah. The, the, the mood. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that because as you're saying that, and I'm talking about how I'm, you know, like I'm maybe overly optimistic. I constantly am thinking about the worst thing that could happen. Right. In every situation. Is it in every situation? Every situation. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter who I'm with. I see somebody, I'm at a restaurant and I see somebody walking with a, a waiter, walking with a tray of food. I see that food going flying across and hitting somebody. Mm. It never happens and I don't verbalize it, but that those types of thoughts are constantly always there. But it does never come out. Right. But I I see those all the time, everywhere I go. And I think that's part of the anxiety that I carry constantly. Right, right, right. So so it wouldn't necessarily be fair to say that uh, that's part of my mood Mm -hmm. because that's, it's an addendum to the mood. Right. The anxiety creates, but I have found a way to manage. And I think that is not a thing that children have necessarily learned how to manage so their mood may typically like if we're talking about generalizations it's really just general day-to-day is your kid happy happy yeah is is kind of what we're talking about and yeah we're getting a little too in-depth and and it's because we're talking about us as adults mm-hmm. and really if we're going to refer this to infer it as how we want to apply it to children right then we need to look at generalizations because sure. they don't have those specific moments. They haven't had enough life experiences yeah. to be able to to quantify having those type of experience mm-hmm. or those type of feelings. 
to go along with it. So in general, is your child happy? And I find some of these go with the other, like it's hard to separate a lot of these. Yes. So to me, mood and adaptability can go quite hand in hand too, right? Yeah. Because generally if you're happy, right? generally speaking, you're also go with the flow. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're go with the flow, then things aren't going to piss you off as a child either, right? Like no, things aren't going to bother you yeah. daily Yeah. because it's like, okay, we're going to go with the flow. Yeah. So I definitely had one who was go with the flow. Right. And happy and just easygoing. Yeah. And another one who was not a great sleeper and kind of grumpy and don't make them hungry and tired. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Like I knew that was just like a recipe for an absolute disaster. Right. In fairness, probably for most people. Most people, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, don't change things without, I knew they needed lead up time and this is what's happening and this is how it's going to be different from last time. Right. That part was always the slow to warm up, right? The slow to warm up kid. Yep. We should probably talk about labels too. Yeah. We get into that. And you talk about your kid being shy. Yes. Yeah. And so that was when I was always very careful. We'd walk into a group and they'd want to play with this child and people would be all over them and oh hi. Yeah. And they didn't want to talk to people right away. Yeah. And that was okay. Mm-hmm. And because I knew that about them, I would say, oh, they're just, they just need some time. They're yep. just slower to warm up. And once they warm up, like they're going to yep. be totally fine. And yeah. yes, playing and happy and getting yep. into things. And then, and then those people are like, oh, are you, are you shy? Are yeah. you, are you being shy right now? And it's, that means that that's the way they have to be all the time. Okay. So I'm going to date myself real bad. Yeah. The original... Degrassi Junior High. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay. So there was a girl, her name was Michelle. Okay. And she was labeled as shy and she had to get up and do a presentation in front of the class. Uh-huh. And she was nervous about it, obviously. And when she got up there and finally started talking, and I and I don't remember the specifics, but I'm just gonna tell the story. She said, I I don't want to wear pink. I prefer blue, mm-hmm. but my mom always talks for me. And since she's always been talking for me, I've never had to speak for myself. And therefore, I've never shared an opinion. I've never shared an opinion. And people don't expect to hear an opinion from me because... I'm shy. Because I'm shy. And I remember so... I mean, I don't know how old it was at the time. I was probably junior high. Yeah. High school age, Mish? I don't mm, even no, know when that was. high school. High school? No. No. I don't think so. I have no idea. Anyways, I was young. Like, teenage ish years Mm -hmm. and I remember having that moment her speech her monologue in front of the class having an impact on me and me thinking we could we I need to stop thinking of people as a label because that's not who they are necessarily and I and I it I I can you know vocalize and, and use my words to express that that's what that is now and I don't know if in when I was that age if those are the exact thoughts that I have but I remember it having an impact and then being more aware to to be like you're not shy or or to say you sorry i'm making more of an Im, a, uh, an effort to right. not label it people as shy or as angry or as rude or as whatever because that's just a small moment that i'm having an interaction with them and yes it may be that i've gone to school with them for lots of years but that's also the label that has been applied to them socially mm-hmm. and so how are they supposed to act any different how do you bust out of that? 
label that's been applied to you. And I think when there are differences like this, so say the parent is very outgoing and extroverted and does enter a room and, you know, they're all in it. And then they do have this child who comes in and that's not what they're like. Yeah. So I think sometimes the parent then puts that label on them. It's like they maybe are slightly embarrassed that their child's acting in a way that they wouldn't act themselves. Right. Or they go into protect mode. Right. So I'm going to protect my child because I know they're not comfortable. So if I give them this quick, yeah, they're shy. Yep. Um, but yeah, that child then starts to believe that, right? Well, and then, they, you know, the parent will speak for them. Yeah. And will fight their battles for them. And it becomes a way to become a victim. Can be. I mean, that's quite an aggressive you know, use of the word, but it allows then for more negative behavior. Like the kid doesn't want to play with the other kids. Right. They want the toys. It can be a cop out. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can start to use it. Yeah. And you will if you start to believe it. Sure. And why wouldn't you believe it? Mm -hmm. The person you love most in the world has just called you that and calls you that all the time to other people. Right. Yeah. So do you have any of these... Where you're either opposite or the same and it has caused issues. With my parenting partner it, or with my children? Um, I am confident you can come up with some <laughs> with your parenting partner. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. Uh, to <laughs> keep my mouth shut? To come up with something. Uh, challenge me to come up with something. Related to a any A fundamental difference between the two of us. Pardon me? Uh, like a fundamental difference between the two of us. Different or the same? Like where you can think of one of your kids, maybe the one who tends to drive you a little more crazy than the others. Mm-hmm. And is there either a similarity between the two of you or a difference between the two of you where you're like, that's why. Because I either can relate to that too much yeah, or I can't relate to that at all. I don't get it. Yeah. Interesting. So... I would say, given that I've already explained kind of who I am emotionally and Mm -hmm. mood wise and whatnot, I definitely do have conflict with one of them in the state of looking forward. Mm -hmm. So I can see, you know, a lot of different outcomes. And I think maybe I look at it more positively because I love them so much. Right. And I want, and I know what they're capable of. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. And they don't know what they're capable of because they haven't had. They don't know who they are yet. No. And that's, that's fair. Yeah. So I think probably the biggest conflict is that I see opportunities. Right. And they don't. Right. And I think that probably is where we butt heads the most because I, I try to not be overzealous in my but look you could try right doing this or this or this or this when they're in this state of like well I did this and it didn't work right and now I'm embarrassed and I don't want to talk about it and I don't want to try again right and that's that's hard Mm -hmm. for sure to manage because I I don't want to become over overbearing I don't want them to not share with me what they're feeling because they think I'm just going to overpower it with like but you could try doing all of these other things so there's that I would say that that's probably the biggest conflict. Yes. Yeah, that is a big one. Yeah. Intensity's one. And then we worked with a lot of parents who they this is a big one, right? With parents talking about their littles who are they're, they're like, I don't know, like they're zero to 60. And yeah, in two seconds. And then we start talking to them and 
they're also high intensity. So when you start to kind of get into the meat of it, it's like they're yeah. yelling and screaming and, you know, they, they get very upset very quickly as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you've got two very high intense people in the house, yeah. that's that's a lot. And then maybe you have your partner, or the other person, or your other kids even aren't like that. Right. And then they're also like, what the hell? Like what? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. 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 So it can really create an interesting dynamic. It's, it's like a, it's like a cyclone and everything sort of gets sucked up into it. Mm-hmm. And the people who aren't on that same level of intensity aren't part of it. And then they get left out or they end up getting the debris that gets flying out of it. Right. Yeah. If it's yelling or just arguing or headbutting, just the constant conflict. conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It can definitely create a lot of issues for yeah. sure. I have, uh, I just remembered a story when, um, so one of my kids, very sound sensitive, always has been, still is. And for whatever reason, when the kids were little, it was very important to my husband to go to a movie. Oh. And I don't remember how old they were. They were both sound sensitive, but one, one definitely more than the other. And he just really, he really wanted to go to a movie. So we worked opposite shifts. So he took them to a matinee, but it wasn't one of the ones where they turned the volume. Like it wasn't oh, yeah. a stars and strollers ones or whatever, right. you, whatever you want to call it. But so they, yeah, he took them to the movie. And I remember, I remember saying to him like, dude, like this isn't like, it's very likely not going to work. Like you're going to end up leaving. Right. And, and they did. And I didn't say I told you so or anything, but it was you just funny. Right? It. What I'm trying to illustrate, not that I'm always <laughs> right, but that, you know, when you are the one, like it, it was really important to him. Like that right. was his, he had this thing that he wanted to do and, and it was part of his whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't really understand, but he thought maybe his belief was that at that age or those ages, they should be able to go to a movie. Right. And it was, it was too loud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just, I find them too loud sometimes. Yeah. So if we were to take all of the individual pieces of the temperament that we sort of have kind of gone through yeah. here and just look at temperament in general and then we apply it to child development and their skills. Right. When we're looking at children in classes and no, I mean, we're not looking for, but typically we have a, a a part of our brain that looks at the way kids play, looks at the way they walk, looks at the way they speak. And we sort of start to do little assessments in our own brains. Mm -hmm. And that's just from years of experience, years of training of knowing what is typical for certain age groups. And one of the greatest parts of doing classes the way that we do is that it's completely informal and it's play-based, right? Which means that there's no stress on the child. So if they're doing something, it's because they want to do that thing. Right. It's completely child-led. And that also then teaches us what type of person that little person is. Mm -hmm. What is their temperament? What are their likes? What are their dislikes? And so when we do get a parent who might be a little bit more concerned, let's say they have a a two and a half year old and this two and a half half year old, regardless of whether they're a boy or a girl, is not interested in fine motor things. They won't sit and play with Play-Doh. They won't, um, you know, if we were to ask them, well, like, what are their fine motor skills like? Can they can they thread a shoelace through a hole or through a Cheerio, for example? And they're like, well, no, like they would never do that. And two things often come up. One, they've never had the chance right. to do that. Um, 
And then the second one is they just aren't that interested in it. Right. And so when we're applying temperament to child development, yes, they're just not interested. So you have likes and there's going to be things that you excel at versus things that you don't like that maybe you're not as good at. And it's not that you don't like them because you're not as good at them. You aren't good at them because you don't like them. Right. Yes. So it's really something that we want to look at as a more holistically. So we're looking at their, their, all of their, their little pieces. So yes, how are they interacting with other children? That's their social emotional skills. How are they communicating with other children and the other adults in the room? There's their communicate or their, yeah, their communication skills. How are they, you know, are they climbing up on things? Are they struggling to balance? There's their gross motor skills. And so when we're looking at all of it collectively, we can go, oh, this is a child who really doesn't love a lot of loud noises. Mm -hmm. They prefer books. They prefer the lap singing. They prefer, you know, to be sort of playing off, you know, maybe by themselves a little bit. That doesn't mean that they're developmentally delayed in any specific area what we're identifying is they prefer things to other things. And now how can we help build up those skills while still meeting the needs of the child within their temperament and their likes and dislikes? Right. And I think that I'm glad you brought that up because again, I think when the likes and dislikes of a child, so say you do have a child who does prefer to play on their own they watch the other kids, especially like we're talking about a toddler, for yeah. example. They're watching and they're observing. and Maybe they are. They're the more the quiet observer. They're playing with their own toys. And then the parent is not like that. Right. You can see where it makes the parent sometimes feel uncomfortable. Like yeah. there's something wrong with their child. Yes. When really all they need to do is step back and go, oh, my child likes this, this, and this, and that's fine. Yeah. And that child likes this, this, and this, and that's fine. Maybe they relate more to the other child who's running around and building with blocks or throwing balls or whatever exactly. it is. Yep. But it's really reframing. It's like, it's just a difference. It's not exactly. better or worse. Exactly. It's that, well, maybe you as the adult now needs to learn how to sit down and quietly play and have a moment and then slowly introduce it doesn't mean you can't introduce your child to more active things yes but it's it's a slower introduction and maybe it's different types yeah and it's framed in a way that is palatable to the child yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think that that's that i think that's a really important piece to it and that's where the labels come from right because they're they are different than their own selves yeah and so the parent wants to to label it or they want to justify why their child is behaving or acting the way that they are when it's maybe in contrast to what some of the other kids are doing there's this level of like comparativeness that we always have yeah and and we we do that to ourselves like we even do that to ourselves by assigning age groups to certain classes and we do that for developmental reasons and generally development follows generally yeah Yeah. a a, a typical gap right you're going to see typical skills come out in a certain age group exactly but i think it's important to understand that everybody develops at their own Mm -hmm. and we develop different likes and dislikes can you imagine if we were all exactly the same everybody had the same athletic skills everybody had the same engineer mechanical type brain what a horrible world we would live in yeah it absolutely would be i think though as we talked before like when you get together with your partner you don't necessarily discuss what kind of parent you're going to be no 
But I think Mm -hmm. you do have an idea of what your child's going to be like. I think you generally have, you envision like doing certain things with your child. Yeah. And then maybe that child comes along and they're like, I hate skating. Yes. You're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be an artist. Yeah. And you can't even draw a stick figure. Right. So then it's like it impacts because then that parent perhaps Mm -hmm. feels less able to connect. Right. With that child. Yeah. So it's finding different ways to sort of connect with them. Right. You know, and this may be controversial. And I would even go as far as to say is that when you're deciding you're or having a conversation or, you know, talking about how many children you want to have. And you're like, well, do you want boys or girls? When you get an idea in your head mm-hmm. as to which you prefer, then that sets you up. So either you get what you prefer or you don't. Right. And both of those have downsides because now you've gotten what you prefer, but then this child isn't exactly what you imagined. Right. So, so all these, you have really high expectations and how can a child possibly meet those? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, you don't get the one that you preferred and you're already behind the eight ball. Right. This poor kid is now working from behind because they weren't what you were expecting, expecting or hoping or for. envisioned or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, that is maybe a little not nice to say, mm-hmm. I think, but I, but I do think that there's something to that. Yeah, there can be. I mean, I hope that's not like a I don't think it's common popular thing, but I'm sure that I don't think it's super common, but I think as soon as you start setting up these types of expectations, my child will be a, like we, you know, we're in infant classes. They're like, oh, well, dad played semi-pro this or was played high level this. Yeah. The expectation is that the child will do that. That's, that's it. That's what they're going to grow up into. So you're not really giving them an opportunity to discover their own likes and dislikes right. because you've already decided well dad was a high-end athlete of this or dad was a lawyer mom's a doctor this is the path and when you start predetermining you take away too many options mm-hmm. for them to really figure out who they are and then how do they come to you and say i don't want to be whatever it is that you've decided you really you've not decided that you've really had you know hopes for and dreams of how do they come to you and, and not expect you to feel disappointed? Yeah, no, for sure. I I was also thinking too, so what we're talking about now, temperament, that's kind of that whole um, nature piece. It's those innate characteristics right. that you're born with. Yes. But I was also thinking too, so I have um, a really good friend of mine. She has two kids, same age as mine, my two. And <laughs> I was always in awe because both her kids, what I'm trying to get at is like how much I wonder environment. Mm, yes plays on those innate characteristics right so now we're talking nurture versus yeah nature. it's a nature versus nurture right yeah. so so the temperament characteristics for the most part are are well they are they're they're nature it's the innate characteristics you're born with but right. then i'm going to contrast my friend and i me and my friend grammatically correct anyway when we brought our daughter home i was into the routine and that we're going to do this and this is the sleeping sitch and these are the feeding times and I freaking charted her poops and like the whole nine yards, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. And I don't think my friends did any of that. As far as regularity goes, like I wonder how much I played a role in creating the regularity right. necessity, if right. you will, in yeah. my house with both of my kids. Sure. 
uh, because her kids freaking went to bed at 630, both of them. Like, they're three years apart. Yeah. They both slept for 12 hours straight. Yeah. They would, they were very social. Like, as a couple, they were always out. Their their work, their nature of their work, too, was very social. Right. So these kids would sleep anywhere. Sometimes they would be up till what, like, it's not that she didn't have any routine, but right. very much both kids were, like, go with the flow yeah. It was like, well, whatever, like just lay them down on like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That that need for that routine and regularity yeah. wasn't there. Right. And so I did always wonder, I'm like, did I right. create that? Like how much was an eight and how much did I create? Yeah, that's fair. Because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They went to bed. They both are in bed yeah. right now. I don't think there's been legitimate studies done. Yeah. Because you can't give birth to twins. Right. Separate them. Raise them in two different homes and it has study happened. them. I think Gottman actually studied. I'm gonna have to look that one up later. But they weren't legitimate studies. No, 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 no. No, you can't. That's study. what I'm saying. No, you no, can't. No. That like, would be very. But they unethical. did do, and and a lot of the times they would look at children who coming out of orphanage. Yeah, that's where they would get their test subjects. Yeah, lordy. Anyways, and they would they would look at two babies who came out of an, out of an orphanage and put them in two different homes, and they would look at them in ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, twenty five years, and I think it was Gottman. I think now I'm just having a memory where they were, but it was about a uh, weight loss. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Yes, we will have to look that yeah. up. Yeah, and I mean, yes, these babies are from different parents. Mm-hmm. But they were brought into the world in essentially the same way. And then they were raised in two different, very different homes. And the home that was like loving and wonderful ended up with an addictive um, right. child. Right, right, right. So and then the you're other looking home at that, where there the was genetics yeah, piece, right? Absolutely. And the other home, there was controversy and they didn't, they were, you know, not necessarily poor, but they weren't, you know, well to do. And the child was, was well adjusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so many pieces of it yeah. that you have to take into consideration. I don't think that you could say one way or another. I think with animals, that's a very different circumstance. Right. Right. If yeah. we're talking about um, dog fighting specifically or uh, cock fighting, mm-hmm. right, we're looking at animals that were raised specifically for the intention of causing harm, mm-hmm. but you take those same breeds of dogs and put them in different. and you put them in a loving nurturing yeah. home yeah and it's a completely different animal yeah it was just always fascinating i i think i used to get mad not really but like she'd be like oh just a sec so-and-so's asking to go to bed i'm like oh really mm-hmm. they ask me to go to bed yeah like no yeah my kids no both of them had like huge FOMO, I'm sure. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, and, and uh, yeah, and I, I definitely think that we have an impact on them. Our, our anxieties, the way we look at the world, the way we express things, mm-hmm. the way we don't do things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And isn't it funny too, like the one characteristic you hate most about yourself and then when you see it in mm-hmm. one of your kids, yeah. you're like, no, yeah, that's the one thing I wasn't supposed to pass on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or when you are, you know, frustrated with your children and you're yelling or you're saying things and you hear your mom's voice Ugh. come out of your own mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say the same things, but I've, I'll, I'll hear the tone or yeah. I'll hear something. Yeah. And then my son's super awesome at like, he'll be like, you sound just like Grammy. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, I did. Like, I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's, it's a little bit, it's it's alarming mm-hmm. that you catch yourself going, oh, or, or you have a reaction and you're like, okay, mom, I, I get it. I yes. understand where you were coming from. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stuff now, because I'm pretty sure I heard when I was younger, you'll understand when you have kids, you'll understand when you're older and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And now I find myself thinking. Mm-hmm. The exact same thing. Yeah. It's and like, we might say those same words to our kids. Well, you'll understand, you know, when you're older or yeah. when you can see I definitely think it. I'm like, you future. don't get it now, but yeah. you'll get it if you ever have yeah. kids. And then some days I'm like, please don't ever have kids. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Don't do it. Yeah. It, it It is it is really tricky. And I think the best way, like you said at the very beginning, is self-awareness. So know where you are. Mm-hmm. And in general, I mean, day to day, it's going to vary obviously but in general if you kind of know where you are and in general if you kind of know where your kid is and in general if you know where your parenting partner is it can make things a whole lot easier it can because then you can make sort of the conscious effort so maybe one of your children you you butt heads at a certain situation or over a certain thing and you realize that your partner doesn't have that problem right with that child in that that same moment yeah. Maybe one of you has no problem getting them to bed. That's a whole nother thing. But whatever it is, right? Yeah. Or getting them to eat their supper, or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes it is kind of looking at yourself and going, okay, how, why is this bothering me? Right. Why is my child, why are we having the problem? Why is my partner able to deal with it? Mm-hmm. And it quite likely is because they're yeah, just, they're just different. They're just yeah. a different person. It's not something yeah. that would bug them. It doesn't hit their trigger list. No. Yeah. And so try to copy what they did. Like, you know, try to to use their technique the next time. Like, okay, this is how they responded. So I'm going to respond this way. And yeah, sometimes it will feel like you are going against every fiber of your fiber of your being because your temperament is saying this is not what you're like. You're the one who flies off the handle or you're, you know, you're the one who digs their heels in like the persistent. If you, if you're persistent, your child's persistent, like good luck. Yeah. One of you is going to have to give in at some point. If Um, you don't want conflict constantly. Yeah. And come up with figuring out ways to come up with solutions. So, yeah. So yeah, that self-awareness piece is huge. Yes. It's, if you don't think you're, um, a big reactor. Right. And you are. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a pro- that that's very problematic. Right. And I think that's where a lot of parents then end up having conflict. Is that because it's not necessarily that their parenting fundamentals are different. Right. It's that their approach is different. Exactly. And their their trigger limit is different. So a a kid kids who are playing and they're playing really loud and they're kind of getting screamy, you know, like that yes. level, that that is a problem for me. Mm. I, I, there's a certain level that it hits and I can't function well. Right. And my husband doesn't hear it. Right. Completely tone deaf to it. And that's, we are different there, right? And then when he does hear it, then he's, you know, well, it's gone too far. Right. I've already, you know, kind of melted into a corner because I can't <laughs> function because of the, the level of the noise. But then he will have a reaction and then my immediate reaction is defensive. mm and so that's somewhere where we have to kind of figure out where we're going together. But like if if he's playing with the kids and they're getting really, really loud and I have a big reaction, here I am stopping him from playing with his kids right. because I can't handle it and that's not okay. Yeah. 
that's not okay. So, you know, if I'm aware of what it is, and now I am, I mean, that's why I can talk about it. I know what that level is. So I remove myself. I know if he plays with them, it's going to get out of hand. Right. So I remove myself because then he can deal with the fallout. Well, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am a forward thinker and I know where this is going. Yeah. But he's going to be the one who has to deal with that. And and that's fine. And maybe it's worth it. Well, yeah. To them, right? Yeah. And and it, because it, there is a moment where it's worth it, where the, he's connecting with them mm-hmm. and they're connecting with him and they're feeling like this is a special moment. And then it goes too far. And then, you know, you come back in and I try not to be, you know, hold a, any contempt for mm-hmm. knowing, well, I knew this was going to happen because I want to enjoy that they had a moment. There right. was something there in that moment. But that's where that those parenting conflicts come in is when we have different different approaches things Mm -hmm. different tolerance levels for things and it is great too because if you have learned strategies as an adult to deal with some of your more challenging temperament characteristics in yourself and then you see that in your child that's an opportunity as well to then teach them some of the strategies that you maybe now implement yeah absolutely to get you through either new situations or so i feel like what we're saying is becoming a parent is just daily therapy daily therapy or you need daily no therapy? no no it's daily therapy because you're constantly <laughs> having to work on who you are you are you, you're, yeah. you're constantly having to reevaluate how you're doing things it's analyzing yourself yeah yeah but i feel like i need daily therapy yeah well. i i think therapy is an excellent thing me too well whether it's you know for marriage or for parenting for y- yourself just to have somebody to talk to where you can say the things an impartial person to an impartial person who's not going to be alarmed yeah because you are like you know what i just wanted to leave the kids on the side of the road right i didn't and you would never i didn't (laughs) i didn't for like two minutes (laughs) (laughs) i pulled a gui and came back and picked them right up they were fine but you can say those things yeah just to get it out so you have somebody hear you and then you can start working as to, well, why? Why did you want to pull over and leave the kids on the side of the road? Well, it's because of the noise level. Okay. Right. Well, now we can work on that. Yeah. Or it's the constant sibling rivalry. Oh, God. The battling. He's looking out my window. He's touching me. I'm not touching you. Do you him. remember the back seat of the car? Did you ever do that? <clears throat> Where it's like you could not cross. The middle? The middle. Yeah. Thankfully, there was only two kids in our family. I don't know. Yeah. There were only happen. two in mine as well. Yeah third one's screwed if they're stuck in the middle yeah but yeah i remember that we would have like this line you and then you're like putting your fingertip right close to it i'm not touching it right in their face or i remember my brother holding his finger like just really really close to me well i'm not touching you i'm not touching you i'm not touching you yep why didn't i absolutely grab it snap it backwards or bite it or something (laughs) i would be like mom mom he's not touching me Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, understanding. So if you can just talk through it, that can alleviate so many of these responses that we're having Mm -hmm. that are responsible then for the another reaction from the child, which just escalates things. Yeah. Yeah. I think though, I, I think most of the time, if you do actually look though at what's driving you the most crazy, Mm-hmm. I think most of the time it's because it what is drives you most crazy about yourself. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. We see our we see our flaws. Yeah. And they're yes. just magnified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're in your face. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Self-assessment is difficult. And when you are required to feed and clothe and love them, Mm -hmm. those little flaws come back at you. It it is alarming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And painful. Because I think you become almost desperate sometimes to not raise them. So they carry that forward as well right absolutely like, you, you want the flaw to die at some point <laughs> yes in this so evolutionary evolve past the flaw yes. can we evolve <laughs> yes, <laughs> you exactly. are the one who's going to help evolve exactly yeah so when we were talking about parenting confessions yes and some of the things that as parents we've done things lies we've told our children mm-hmm. i've never lied food to my we've given from our children <laughs> to say that it's you know gone yeah whatever i have definitely 100 percent told the children that the park was closed the park was closed yeah yeah thankfully it opened the next day so no problems interesting sometimes there's a little self-preservation where i go i can't manage to be outside in public watching three of you right now yeah my emotional capacity can't handle that but that's not my kid's fault the park is closed they're spring for weeds they're spraying for bugs Mm. we can't go there because it's not safe but we'll probably go tomorrow i didn't have that luxury of saying the park was closed no because we lived across the street from the damn park oh yeah and you'd see like there's no way i would have that would be brilliant but there would have been no way i would have been able to use that one yeah yeah. literally paper the windows you got tinfoil on your front window so the kids can't (laughs) creep We got other problems. That's why you moved, right? To get away from the park. I, they were old. They were past the age of the park at that point. But yeah, man, I could use that because there were nights where we were like, that's funny, shoved back in a stroller, kicking and screaming back to the house. <laughs> so I found another one to read for us, and it's alarming. Oh, alarming! It's alarming. Is it's, there a murder? It's probably something it's it's a it's a threat it's an empty threat oh yeah used to induce fear okay to get compliance okay which probably i'm willing to bet a lot of parents have actually used and and just have not heard it in those terms before but have said it and and with no intention to ever follow through so this one is from a parent and uh they said my three-year-old son is afraid of spiders so we told him the spiders would get him if he didn't keep using the potty and stop, or if he didn't start using the potty and stop pooping in his big boy pants. Oh my God. When that child does poop in his pants, how are you going to follow through with that threat? You got a bunch of spiders? <laughs> Throw them into a vat of spiders? Oh my God. Fear factor. Oh my God. Remember that show? Yes. I'm willing to bet that a lot of people have said stuff off the cuff. Oh, you do in the moment. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Without thinking. And then sometimes you're like, shit, why did I just say that? Yeah. So I thought I'd leave us with that today. All right. So we're in our second spring, fake spring. Fool's spring. Fool's spring. That's what they were calling it. And I'm wearing sandals today. I'm enjoying being a fool. Yeah, I like it too. All right. So we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Excellent. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye.